Good morning and happy Easter, everyone. We want to welcome you, and it'd just be interesting for us to see how many first-time visitors we have here today. Would you just wave your hands at us? Wave your hands at us. Those of you sitting by these folks, be sure you get acquainted, introduce yourself, and tell them how glad you are to see them here. And uh, we just want you to be a stranger one time here. So hope you get acquainted today, stay for the activities afterwards, and get acquainted. We welcome you. And uh, we just want you to feel at home with us. We want to make this presentation to make the story of Easter a little more real to you. Sometimes we read things and we get the picture. Other times seeing it makes a big difference, gives us a better perspective. We in no way are trying to feel that we are depicting everything as it was then, but it's our sincere effort to make it something that you visualize and that will touch your heart and make the story of the death and the burial and the erection of Jesus Christ more real and that you will experience the power of the resurrection today in your life and in your circumstances. I first want to give some acknowledgement. Uh, is Lorelai here? Lorelai, come up here, would you please? <clears throat> I appreciate Lorelai. She has worked so hard, a lot of hours. She's our director and takes care of the casting and sees that everything is done. And she has just worked tirelessly. And we appreciate her talent and her commitment to this. And thank you, Lorelai. We appreciate it. And Jared somewhere, he's a busy guy. And uh, we want to recognize him. He has spent an uh, enormous amount of time on soundtrack and uh, the uh, lighting and uh, various things that have to be done. And uh, Jared, wherever you are, thank you. We appreciate your work on this. <laughs> we also want to recognize Lolly Pridgen and her crew for the makeup and costumes. And and then to the cast, I, I have thanked them, of course, personally, but I'd like for you to give them a good round of applause. They have really committed themselves and dedicated many hours of work. The story of the history and existence of man began in Genesis. And the story of man begins with a tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was the fruit of that tree that was the one test of man's willingness to follow God's law 
precept, and they were privileged to have anything, access to all the things in the garden, but a tree designated one requirement and command of God. They were not to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. To do so was going to mar their future. Man was created in God's image, innocent and perfect. He was naked in the garden. There was no understanding of any kind of a twinge of condemnation or guilt. Created in a beautiful manner. We, we cannot even comprehend that. But when they partook of the fruit of that tree, their history changed. And they became aware of their guilt. And they were driven from the garden. And then the whole story through the Bible is that story of man's relationship and walk with God. The things you read in the scripture are that story of the relationship of God and man. And then as it comes to the conclusion in the book of Revelation, there's another tree that wraps the story up for us in terms of our perspective. It was the tree of life, that beautiful tree, life everlasting, life beyond the expectation and limitations of this natural life. There was a tree at the beginning, a tree at the end, and then right in the middle is another tree. And that's what we will depict today. The old rugged cross. It was a tree that had been cut down, hewn out, made to hold the body of one who would make a difference. The watershed of the history of man. The story of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross to redeem us. And so it is today that we present to you that story. Sin had made a barrier. The Old Testament provided a provision for man. God wanted man to be saved. And so the sacrificial lamb was instituted. And throughout the history of the Old Testament, time after time after time, an innocent lamb was brought before the altar. It had to be a perfect lamb without spot or without a blemish. And that lamb was laid upon the altar and slain. And then the blood was presented before the Lord. That didn't take away the sin because the blood of bulls and goats did not redeem sin. There was only sinless blood that could do that. But that lamb provided for the experience of man to know that he was another year of freedom and innocence before God. And so, year after year, the sins were piled up. All of my wrong, all of my sin for another year was now brought along, but then for this year, another lamb was sacrificed. And so it accumulated, it accumulated year after year 
I want you to get a picture of that because I want you to know what fell upon the Lamb of God on the scene of the cross is unimaginable for us. You know how guilty you feel when you've done something bad, when you've done something really wrong. You know how it, it hurts and how you regret it so deeply. But think in terms of the accumulation of all of those, of every one of us here. Can you imagine the load and the weight and the pain and the agony of bearing the guilt and regret of the wrongs and the sins of all of us? Not just here today, but from the very beginning from the Garden of Eden until the cross, that huge pile of sin. But not only from past, but from then on. And that's where you and I come in the picture. My sin, my transgressions, my wrongs, my failures were all taken care of on the cross. That's why I trust today that what you see will put you in the picture more personally. Not just as a whole world, not just as a whole civilization, but you, me, individually, was in God's heart and mind as he hung on the cross and bore the punishment and the guilt and the responsibility for my transgressions. So if you come today and have come here with any guilt or any condemnation or any heart aching because of transgression or wrongdoing, I hope that the Spirit of the Lord speaks to your heart today to help you understand the great sacrifice that Jesus made so that you could walk out of this building this morning free of condemnation, free of guilt, free of the wrongs that you have done, that you can lay your burden at the cross and walk out of here rejoicing and glad that you know the story of the cross and what it has done and meant to you. The cross was so amazing. The cross was where mercy and truth met together. The crosses where law and grace stand up against each other and meet. The crosses where sinners come to the Savior. The crosses where the lost find their way. And the crosses where the spiritually blind receive their sight. And the cross is where the corrupt and depraved become saints. It's the cross. I want to just say also, the sheer horror of the cross is almost unthinkable. Years ago when we traveled with the Passion Play with teenagers, I recall distinctly, Barbie was there those days and some of the rest of you. Every year, I kept track every year, there was at least one young person, one teenager, that gave their heart to the Lord. 
because the message struck their heart. I remember, don't know her, remember her name, but I remember one year, one girl broke down and, and just cried and said, I can't go on, I can't do this anymore. It was touching her heart and she hadn't made her commitment to the Lord, but there on the scene, she gave her heart to the Lord because she understood for the first time the great sacrifice that Jesus made for her that her sins could be washed away. The sheer horror of it is hard to depict. We don't even try to think that we're doing it justice, but I do want you to understand the horror of the scene of the carrying out, carrying out of a crucifixion. It was horrible to observe. We, for the sake of modesty, provide some things to cover shame. But Jesus hung naked on the cross according to history. That alone is enough to smite your heart, to think of you exposed naked to the crowd and to the world is unthinkable. But Jesus was willing to bear that. It was no wonder that in the garden he prayed until sweat became his blood because he knew the horror of the crucifixion. He understood and knew what was ahead for him. The unbearable pain, the unbearable embarrassment, the agony that he would go through. And he himself prayed, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If there's any way possible, let me avert this experience. But there was no other way. There was only one lamb that was sinless and spotless that could be offered for your sins and for mine. And so we understand the significance. I want you to understand also how much Jesus loved you. How many here agree with me? Love can really hurt. Love can really hurt. There are people who have purposely guarded a falling in love with someone because they've been hurt before by betrayed love, by forsaken love. There's some of you sitting here today who came possibly with a broken heart, demolished emotions because someone you loved doesn't love you back. Someone that you care so deeply for has no time for you. I may be speaking to a mother or a father whose child has chosen to go their own way. And you, as a mother and a father, sit here today with a wounded, hurting, aching heart for that child that spurns your love. Unless you've gone through it, you don't know how to measure the depth of that hurt. Love hurts. It's unimaginable for us to understand how it hurt Jesus. 
because he so loved the world. Not just one of you or two of you or three of you, but God so loved the world that included me that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so we go through the to the cross. But I'm glad to tell you today we don't end it there and the curtain doesn't fall there. We go on to the tomb. And that's another experience. Because you see at the tomb, the struggle is over. It's quiet. Some have left. Some are bewildered. Some are disenchanted. Some just don't know what to do. One of those closest to Jesus said, I go fishing. Peter went back to the nets. Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints, unless I put my finger in his side, I can't believe. But wasn't it an amazing thing that Jesus appeared and said to Thomas, Thomas, look, here's my hands. Reach your hand forth. Here's my side that was riven. And Thomas fell on his face and knees before the Lord and said, Jesus, my Lord and my God, if you came here today with doubts and fears and uncertainty, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus extends his nail-pierced hands. You're going to see him nailed to the cross. You're going to see his broken, bleeding body. And that was for you, that he loved you and he wants you to believe him and trust him. It was wonderful, would have been wonderful if everybody would have loved Jesus back, but they didn't. A lot of people never did return to express their love to the Lord. We know it was for the world, but it was for our sins individually. He understood. He was despised and rejected. He was the lamb slain. And as he then was taken to the tomb, it was a whole different struggle. No great miracles. There was no feeding of the 5,000. And for a temporary time, there was no healings. Everything seemed to be in a state of, of uncertainty. It's important for us to learn how to trust God in the silent time. When you don't hear the voice of God, when you don't feel a pat on the back, when you don't feel encouraging or hear encouraging words, it's a time where you're shut in, as it were. And for a while, there's no praises. There was no preaching, nor choirs. Can you trust him in the quiet place? Where do we go and what we do, do we do when we come to the tomb, when it seems like everything has been shut down. And so, shut up for a while. I could be very well, and likely I'm speaking to some people who have come to a tomb, the silent time. You just seem to be shut down and shut in.
It could be with a habit. It could be with drugs, alcohol, a broken relationship, a hurt, or a disappointment. And I'm here to tell you that what you're going through right now today is not how your story is going to end. Because the tomb, you're going to see what happens when Jesus fulfills his promise to us. The silence and the seeming absence of Jesus was ended with the resurrection. We have good news today. There's a resurrection going to happen for you this morning. Some of you may feel like you came to a quiet tomb and things seem to be at a standstill. But there's going to be something good happen to you today. And he wants to show himself alive to you. And so what we celebrate today is the story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And it all begins as we join the, cr the crowd of people on the road to Golgotha. They come now. Join us, will you, as we follow the crowd to Golgotha. get going or we'll use this whip again oh look he fell he can't get that oh no can't they have mercy you over there come bear this cross for him he's gone about as far as he can go we'll have to carry him too if he gets any weaker he doesn't look much like a king now. Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for those and for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days will come when they shall cry to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us.
Let's get this gruesome task over with. It's enough to make a rough Roman soldier sick to his stomach. Hold him tight. He'll fight like a tiger when these nails go through. I would hate to be in his place. Seems like there ought to be another way. He's not even resisting. I've never handled one like this before. There. He is secure. Let us raise him up. Marcus, Anthony, you raise him up and I'll guide this end into the hole. Ready? Up. Easy. Bring it around to the right. Now, up more. There. Now tap in the dirt. Woo! He's up. That was a job. This robe that we took from him, from the hall. It's beautiful. Look, it has no seams. It is mine. I am the centurion. Let's not divide it, but cast lots for it. It's much too good of a garment to be torn apart. Very well. Here, you throw first. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Cursed be the gods. Ha ha. I want it. Look how beautiful. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hey, what was that you said? Marcus, give him some vinegar. <laughs> he saved others. Himself he cannot save. Oh, thou that destroyeth the temple and buildeth it up in three days? Save thyself and come down from the cross. Let the king of the Jews come down from the cross that we may see and believe. <laughs> Woman. Behold thy son. John, behold thy mother.
That's too much for any mother to have to look at. I can't help but feel sorry for this poor woman. Why the darkness? It's only the sixth hour. Sure, it's strange. I have a horrible feeling. Eli! Eli! Dama Sabak tonight! He calls for Elias. Give him some vinegar. We'll see if Elias comes. <laughs> it is finished! of God. Then Joseph. then Joseph of Arimathea, who had followed and watched the ministry of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked and requested of him that he be granted permission to take the body down from the cross and place it in his own unused tomb. Go ahead, drive the nails in my hands, laugh at me, where you stand. Go ahead. Say it isn't me The day will come When you will see Death can't 
this will put an end to every claim of this man called Christ. When we're finished here, he will be sealed secure, guarded by the power of Rome, marked with its seal. Even an angel couldn't get past this. I think it was wise to guard the tomb. He did promise to rise from the dead. You surely don't believe such a ridiculous thing, do you, Marcus? Of course not. But his disciples could steal his body and then claim that he rose from the dead. Fellow soldiers, attention. Fellow soldiers, you've been honored. One of the most daring and dangerous tasks ever assigned to the Legion of Rome is yours to perform. You've been handpicked to accomplish the dangerous and daring task of playing nursemaids to a corpse. <laughs> I don't like this. I was on the detail that executed this man, as you were. Some of the things that he said while hanging on the cross made my blood run cold. When he died, it thundered and lightning and darkness fell right in the daytime. And it was known that the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. Explain that. Mere coincidence. As for me, there's something about this man that many are not willing to admit. Marcus, you have heard too much talk. I saw it with my own eyes. You've been dreaming. How about that, Julius? <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop this nonsense and get settled for the night. I'll take first watch. Anthony, you take second. And Marcus, you take third. Soldiers continued to stand guard and to make sure that no one disturbed the tomb. They would serve their time and then change the guard and move on to another watch. They understood the severity and the responsibility that hung over their head if anyone would disturb this tomb and give reason for people to say that his body was stolen away. And so the final guard was finally made the last night, and it was found safe and secure. And then, as the sun began to rise on the third day, an amazing thing happened. An angel appeared and things would forever be changed.
so the risen Lord was now among his people. They were rejoicing. Some doubted that hadn't seen him yet. And so time would forever be changed. He walked with two on the road to Emmaus. Their hearts burned within them, but they were perplexed because they hadn't seen Jesus yet. They didn't know and didn't recognize him. And so they invited him into their house. But he would have gone on except at that last moment they made a major choice and decision. They invited him in. He came in and as he broke bread with them, their eyes were opened and they recognized who he was. As we conclude here today, Jesus has come to your house, to your heart this morning. One of the most tragic things would be that you wouldn't invite him in, that you wouldn't ask him to be a part of your life. And so I'd like for you to stand with me right now as we consider the consequences of this moment and the impact of this moment. It's when the Lord can make a difference in your life and it's an important time for you to make a decision regarding your relationship with Him. I just wonder if there are those here today who would like to find your place at the cross. You came here with hurts. You came here with anxieties, problems, frustration. Maybe you came here not knowing if you were saved or not. You came here not knowing about your tomorrow and your future. And you'd like to find your place at the cross and say thank you Lord for the price you paid for me right now just before we leave this place I'd like to ask if there are those who would just like to step forward and come down here to the front maybe if you want you can even go on the platform and kneel there at the cross make this a pivot point and a change time in your life you need to leave here today knowing that Christ lives in you and that you are forgiven. How many here need the forgiveness of sins this morning? Just raise your hand, would you please? God sees you. Be honest. Be open. You know what he did for you and how much he suffered for you. Now with your hand lifted up to the Lord, I want you to make a decision. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to serve him. Would you just step out right now and come down and stand here? The prayer team is going to come. If they'll come down here to the front, I'd like for you just to step out right now. Be courageous. Be confident. God loved you so much that he died on the cross that you could be saved. 
these people will pray with you they'll counsel you they'll encourage you I just feel like the Lord is speaking and calling there's room at the cross for you there's room at the cross for you.